Yay, award show sounds. I'm not pulling out my phone to do the clapping again like we did last Wednesday or on Wednesday. No. No, All we're right. straight into it this time. <laughs> cold anything like that we are back we're still handing out awards though yeah we're still in our tuxedos uh for our listeners up north it's not all uh denim we actually do regular because or kind of make them out of anything now yeah nice silk silk pseudo silk sweeto way way more comfortable well this is probably an award the first one we're gonna hand out is one you don't want to get no no this is a rough one uh as bad as the the worst person was, I think this one affects probably more people than than the worst person in the world. Yes, well, some of them, some, yeah, the maybe all. One of them just affects people that won't even pay attention to it. Yeah. So our biggest loss, um, yeah, fuck. I, I feel like that's number three. Yeah, we'll coming just jump in, right into that. Yeah, coming in three, which is still respectable. Yeah. Oh no, three is uh, out of every big loss that we've had this year and all the in memoriams. Uh, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson breaking up was a real rough one, I think, for everybody. Now, did they get together in 2022? I think it was before that. I think they had been together for a while. And this sort of... Because to experience like, that kind of rise yeah. in, in just the nation morale, and then to have that stripped away from us. We're coming off How of did they not last? Yeah, we're coming off of one of the hardest times in this country. And this was like a beacon of hope. That you saw a man like Pete Davidson, who I used to be lukewarm on, but have really come around on. Uh, the butthole eyes still kind of get me, but his stand-up, actually pretty funny. Seems to be a really good actor. Has, Takes care of his mom. Has Yeah, j- just an incredible Takes care of his mom. Like, you gotta respect someone that takes care of his mom. The whole thing with his dad being a part of 9-11 and dying in... You know where it came from? It came from not in... It came from a jealous place. Because I'll admit that I wasn't crazy. What what the fuck does this motherfucker have that I didn't have at that time? Because Pete's rise has what been within the last, like, five to seven years? Meteoric. Very quickly. God, Pete... If Pete keeps up, Pete's got to keep it up for maybe another three more years, and Pete's going to have probably the most memorable dating decade in history. (laughs) I thought we were talking about his career, but yeah, his, his dating this record, is gonna yeah this, no, it, this it sir, is going to be his most memorable body of work. Not the Kim, just his entire his his stable his catalog, if you will. Yeah, uh, women like Emily Ratajkowski, like just super hot women. Kate Beckinsale, uh, yeah, just fallen. You know what it is? Lap. Is is I think Pete just knows who like as much as like I think what you you know the stand up and all that kind of stuff. I honestly think he's probably just a humble guy that doesn't understand and probably thinks he's in a simulation. If anyone believes he's in a simulation that was somehow tailor-made for him, it would be Pete Davidson. That, and he's got a giant hog. Yeah. I feel like that that, uh, Ariana Grande letting everybody in on that little secret seemed to be almost as big of a career boost as like... What if it's not true? What if it's just a normal-sized hog? But there's just this unspoken agreement between these women in Hollywood that they're like, you know what? Let's not ruin it. It's like Santa Claus. <laughs> it feels like Santa Claus. It's to me, like Pete's dicks like it. Santa Claus. Like, hey, 
I don't want to be the one to ruin it. So if like someone that he's going to be dating next comes and asks me, sure, honey, find out. And then they find out they're like, it's not as big as I was led to, but then they're like, but he's really funny. And it's literally zero pressure. Like I have, I have nothing to lose in this relationship. I have all the control and the power. He's just like, yeah, I guess we'll go do whatever you want to do. I'm funny. Ha ha. Well, (laughs) Pete's such a nice guy that even his exes want to help him get ass later. It should. Yeah. And honestly, I see where, you know, you know what? It was, it was fear mongering against Pete in the early days because he was doing what everyone else wanted to do. And now you just got to be like, Pete's the goddamn everyman. He should have been inspiring everybody. There should have been no animosity. They should have looked at Pete and been like, Pete, if you can do it, we can do it. Get the fuck out there and try. It's like Kobe in his arrogant days where he didn't have the universal love that he finally got. Uh Uh-oh. Round two. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Two episodes in a row, we lose a pin. That's a, a crazy number. But he, there was a time when I did not like Kobe. I, I don't know if it was just the way that he was portrayed in the media that didn't help or what, but there was a certain time where I just didn't like the guy. And then after a while, he just became undeniable, and all the things that you didn't like, you started to love about him. Pete's the exact same way. I, I didn't feel great about Pete in the beginning, not a big fan of Ariana, so that didn't help him at all. But after so many years of being on top of the woman world and just always floating around being an but SNL But it's not making sense because like you look at Leonardo DiCaprio and you're like, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. That makes total sense Of to course. Me, yeah. yeah. And his his hit, hit list might be, I would put Pete's around. His star power is untouchable. Maybe uh, Leo has like hot women. Leo's is very explainable. Pete's is like this miracle of nature. He was like, Pete's like the the monkey that first figured out that if I take the stick and I dip it into the ant hill or termite mine, I can get like a bunch of termites on this thing. Eat it all up, yeah. Yeah. But he was like, you know, the monkey that none of the other lady monkeys wanted to do anything with until he figured out how to do that. And then they were like, oh, then he was getting all the, all the monkey booty. And to run into such a, this is the irresistible force meets the immovable object mm-hmm. because Kim has a hit list that is a mile long of just fans. She's been married shortly to an NBA player. Uh, unfortunately, worst person of the year, newly elected to the honor rolls, worst person of the year, Kanye marriage. Um, she launched her. Whole I don't career. have high regards for Kim Kardashian or any member of the Kardashian family. No, man, they're terrible people, but it's so impressive to ride the wave that they did of Rob laying the groundwork or Robert laying the groundwork by being a, being OJ's boy. Again, this is something that I've explained to you that I blame OJ for. (laughs) It's just, it's almost respectable though. Like, uh, like it or not, I think Kim's right around a billionaire. Like I, I absolutely despise this lady, her whole venture into like trying to become a Maybe part of this is the early Pete syndrome. Maybe I just wish I had their, their resources. And that's probably what it is. Who wouldn't want that much money? Uh, but, they but, got it through means that I found to be completely stupid and that maybe I wish I would have thought of first. God, I could have just got my ass real big and she parlayed, sucked some rapper's dick. Uh, she, she parlayed a Ray J sex video into the most lucrative career mm. of nothing I can really explain, but it's just always there. I didn't blow enough musicians when I was growing up. Oh, probably should have. Tough coming from the town that you did. I don't know how far that would have led you. But <laughs> it's a 
a, a situation. <laughs> None of them made it. <laughs> it's a situation where these two just mega names come together, and it's torturing Kanye, which this may not have been great for the Fuhrer or the, the new Fuhrer, but it it, it makes me like Pete even more. That yeah, he leaned into yes. it too. Yeah, Pete. It, Maybe that's why there's also this this love for Pete. The disregard that Pete has for his body and the tattoos that he gets is didn't he get all of the kids' names on him? And Kim's name, yeah. He he parlayed this into like a smart water commercial that did very well of him making stupid decisions while he's getting tattoos or tattoos lasered off of his body. Mm-hmm. So like, just the disregard he has for his body is hilarious. That he's willing to put that on his body. I think he probably has most of I. If I were him and I ran through that kind of list of women, I'd probably tattoo each one of them on my body, just so I didn't forget at this point. But All right. Well, their love interest—it was just a beautiful thing, and unfortunately, it comes it to an end. It burned too bright. It wasn't meant to last. Yeah, it, it's better. It's to, better to burn out than fade away. <laughs> All right. Well, coming in number two for the this biggest one, loss. This one hits real close to my heart. See, this one doesn't, and this one could also be—I'm not going to lie—I could have. I could be false reporting this, but everything that I looked into did suggest that this year, 2022 was going to be the farewell tour of the McRib. I hope it's true. I've never had one. I just don't know why you have to be such a cold hearted person. It's just, you know what it is? The McRib to me, it's not even about the goddamn sandwich itself. It's about what this goddamn sandwich represents, Adam. Okay, lay it out for me. This sandwich represents just the complete gluttony and fucking ridiculousness of of, of our society. And it's worldwide now, is what it is. But it is a goddamn sandwich called the McRib that is made up of... Is it rib meat? Can we say it? Is it? Yeah. Chopped Uh, up, constituted, processed, ground rib meat... That is then compressed into a patty designed to look like there are bones in it, slathered in some type of Delicious barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. That's it. And no, then no, it. Oh, let's not sell the McRib short. We got raw onions and pickles on a, a beautifully made artisan, art, McDonald's artisan hoagie roll. So this is a big loss for you. It's not a big loss for me. But I understand that society as a whole is going to mourn if this is true. So I'm going to respect that. But to me, the McRib is the epitome of trash. And I'm going to make some enemies. I'm going to take some heat for this. But McRib is, it's, it's butt cheeks. And not good ones either. Just to, to stand up for the people that may have hated that last little little bit of that. Um, this is going to be a tell on me just not being a smart person for the majority of my life. So I hadn't had a McRib until maybe like four years ago. And 99% of the reason why I hadn't was because I thought that it still had the bones in it. Because the patty, when you see the commercial as a kid, yeah. it's shaped like it. And I, if you you've just, ever had ribs, there's fucking bones in it. That's yeah. why it makes that fucking shape. Why are, it, you, why are you doing this? It, it didn't make any sense to me. 
And I, I didn't get it. It's deceptive is what it is. Well, finally, when I found out, I was like, okay, this is all, all meat. This is, First time I, you bit into it, were you cautious? Were you kind of like, oh, oh yeah. I like nice soft bite. And, and I had never those, met resistance, and so you just kept going. I had those same feelings that you did about it. Like, I, I felt like it was a, a trash person's meal. And the fact that they had turned it into such, like, a national holiday, if there's Two, th- uh, three things that you think about when you hear McDonald's. What are your favorite three things? Uh, hash browns. Yeah. Sausage McMuffin with egg. No, like the the things that you like would say McDonald's like is most known for. French fries. Not, not food, but just like their promotions. I'm loving it. Breakfast, uh-huh. obviously historic fast food breakfast. Okay. Monopoly month. Yes. Because that was fantastic. Happy Mills. You always played that. The third one for me is the McRib. Okay. Because they turned it into like a national month where this was only available. This used to be widely available, and then they thought, I don't know if it was, we can't keep making this trash at such a volume that we do. I think that's what it was. So we have to cut it to a month. That might have been it. Guys, we're only getting rib meat shavings in certain quantities. We can only compress so many patties. We're down to 40% rib meat. We Mm -hmm. need to just do this for one month and bump it up to 60. But like you said, the epitome of sort of i don't want to say it because we're americans and somewhat proud mm-hmm. you know all that but it is such a cut up of the culture of like just people that are willing to be fed trash but that trash tastes so good and it shouldn't it's like eating a goddamn hot dog it's all lips and ass but there's Story just of america my friend that that's the soul of america yes and it's we're so willing to eat such shit to enable our convenience that we can go through a drive through and in some cases you can actually order it for somebody else to go into a fast food restaurant and then bring it to your house and you have a cash trans or a transaction over your phone they don't even have to knock on the door i know the app will let you know that it was dropped off that's the kind of level of convenience that we have in this country and we're willing to do it on like a $4 compressed rib meat sandwich that is never made properly, never made correctly. Forget trying to get a McFlurry or something because their ice cream machines always goddamn down, which we're going to do a history on that because it's fucking fascinating, the McDonald's ice cream machine. Mm-hmm. But it's so perfectly American that you just can't deny it. Well, farewell to the McRib. I, it hurts. I, I'm a I'm a convert, and it still hurts. So I can't imagine the people that probably roll in there on a, a hover round and order them. That's the highlight of someone's ear. Yeah, sad time. All right, I think this one hurts, yeah. this last one. And constant reminders every time you want to go get something to eat, nice sit-down place, is... Will restaurant quality ever recover? Because that feels like the biggest loss. Yeah, I, and I I kind of take a different swing on this than I think the general thought is of like, maybe not general, but you hear a lot about how like places are understaffed because people don't want to come back to work mm-hmm. and that everybody's struggling to find employment now. I take this stance on it that... It's not the people, it's 
the wages and the the value that people see in themselves now because they had to survive and continue mm-hmm. making whatever payments they had to during COVID. When when the world got shut down and they lost their jobs, yeah, they found that their worth was so much higher. And if you get a good server at a restaurant, it it can make the meal. Like the meal can be decent to subpar. Oh yeah. And if you get great service and there's somebody checking on you, somebody that's not too intrusive to where they're over there every five minutes, mm-hmm. but maybe they're passing by with another tray of food. They look down, they see your drinks low on the way through. Hey, do you need another? Yeah. Or they just bring it. Like good service anywhere is. It's an art form. Yes. It's it, a practiced craft. When you're good at it, it's like being good at anything. It's why you, it's why people can make a ton of money in tips. Yeah. The reward for that is, oftentimes below minimum wage and you have to deal with shitty people. So if you can get away with having to deal with the worst parts of society and get paid more and you are that talented and good at what you do, why not? Why not move on? Well, yeah, I'm sure that you can find a useful skill set of dealing with assholes and (laughs) being good at what you're doing and have health insurance and have retirement benefits and everything. You know, make is, above minimum wage. Yeah, exactly. Not have to worry about not reporting cash tips to the government on your taxes. Well, and the thing that sucks about this whole thing is that it's ruining like places that I like. When Absolutely. I get my food and everything, it ends up being you know decent and good, like I remember it. But it's the fact of like getting the food and if you need something, waiting around forever to get it. And honestly, I don't blame the people because then you look around the restaurant and you see literally like one server trying to handle like three sections. And so you almost feel bad for that person, but at the same time, you're tipping that person. You're like, FYI, get the fuck out of this place, or you're just going to be dealing with this shit. As much as you don't want to say it, there's still kind of that shitty feeling of like you decided to come out and spend your money here, so you expect a certain level. Just charge more for the food, man. Well, you see... And then just, but what they're going to, you know, yeah, if they can get away with charging more for the food, they'll charge it for the food without passing that savings on. What do you got, a little blockage there? Yeah. A lot of dry mouth. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I feel like we're both in agreement that that's going to be the biggest loss for, for 20. And of course that happened in 2021 and everything, but I feel like it's. It's, we're far it's, enough out of it. We're far enough away. It should be. It should be recovered by now. And then pe- more people are going out now. And but but they haven't caught up to the fact that people are going out to places and no place is caught up with, like, staff. Not only staff, and this is something maybe it's just more that I notice, because we cook a lot. I probably four or five nights a week cook at home, I, probably more than that. But when I go out to a place, when we go out to a place, I have, like, a general expectation, depending on where we go, of what the quality of the food is mm-hmm. going to be. And I get... Not only are you short front of house, you're short in the kitchen. You have guys that are running multiple stations, all that kind of stuff. But if you go to like a steakhouse and you buy a $28 steak and you get it and it's not great, it it can be cooked good. But if the meat quality is lower or the vegetable quality is Mm -hmm. lower or anything like that, all that's going to reflect in it. Oh, yeah. And I'm more than willing if you want to make the inflation argument that stuff costs more so they had to buy cheaper product that's not of the same quality in order to make that margin that they need to on it. If you have to charge me two more bucks and just say, hey, sorry, inflation's really high. Like if you explain it logically to me like I'm five years old, mm-hmm. I'm more willing to pay that money. But if you're still going to continue to try to eke out the same margin at the same price and lower your quality of food, 
that's fucking rough, man. I, I, I don't like that. It's a, a bad move and a bad look. If you go to a chain restaurant that you know is always going to be pretty consistent, mm-hmm. the mom and pop places are more willing to spend the money. But if we're going to pop into like a TGI Fridays, something when like that, when there's like bold profits to be made, yeah. they're going to try to make as much across the board. Yeah, I get you. And if you go in there and the meal that's already not top quality, but it's something that you're used to, it's familiar. If that drops and it's like, you're, you're a chain yeah, and this is what you're doing, I'm just not going to come back. Applebee's has made me sick maybe like two, three times in a row and I'm just willing to write them off. It's just not worth it. Why are you going back to Applebee's after the second time? It's so convenient. It's so close. Yeah, you're eating good in the neighborhood till you get home and just paint the fucking toilet. Well, and I think they also got me because... They do, they started into like the drink deals. Oh, that's right. And, and once you get sucked in by the drinks, they have some fun drinks, but also they, they went cheap. And if you want to really tie one on in an Applebee's, which sounds like the most white redneck thing that I've ever said, uh, it's a, a good place to do it. But when the food sucks, it's just a bad deal. All right. Well, via can Dios to restaurant quality. Yeah, hopefully we make a return. Good news. It's a new year. We can bring this all the way back. There Maybe we go. You're the start, biggest winner. start paying your employees more and just raise the price on food. People will pay it. People will understand. All right. So do you want to do biggest winner last or historic moment last? Uh, just for good feelings, we'll do historic moment last, I think. Okay. So, so the biggest winner award, a, a heated competition. This was a... A very hard push. This was a, there was a lot of jockeying for a position to take the award here. Um, so just our, our three, we'll just get them out there. Um, King Charles III, a, a man who fell ass backwards into being the King of England at a, a terrible age to become the King of England. Oh yeah. Because his mother just refused to die. I, we'll, we'll talk about that more. I, I don't understand anything that goes on there. Um, our second nominee is going to be all the people who hated hearing about cryptocurrency because this year was a huge year for them uh, in loss to the people that enjoyed it. But there there has to be a winner somewhere in there. Um, and then third, last but certainly not least, is all the historically high listeners that we've had. Um yeah, I'd, uh, we'll talk about you guys more, but for being as as young as we are and not really having any expectations, it's kind of been a, a fun surprise to to know that you guys are willing to listen to us do this oh, yeah. every week. Thank you. <laughs> so we'll start off just talking cryptocurrency. I feel like this is sort of third, uh, another sentence that I hate to say, uh, but this year with Bitcoin taking a historic shit after being on such a meteoric rise and to hear at the beginning of the year, all the crypto bros and all the NFT folks, if you are those people, I'm sorry, you're not going to want to hear this next part, but it, I would rather listen to somebody talk about their failing marriage that I don't even know. Even if I do know them, I'd rather listen to a failing marriage story. I'd rather listen to like a, Bob, a, a I, pregnant I teenager about, problem. I get it about the Bitcoin stuff. Go back to when you walked in on your wife plowing the <laughs> the neighbor. <laughs> Talk more about that. I don't want to know about his portfolio. I just want to know about him sticking your wife. Mm-hmm. What does Brockmeyer always say? You walk in on your neighbor. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> it's like Bob Greenwald banging yeah. your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's a and it's a high fly ball. 
it's just a, a fun, enjoyable thing. I I had to hear a lot about cryptocurrency, mining Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff from two different directions, from Katie's brother and from Ryan. And really? Yeah. And I never not even got, at work? No, not really. It's all it was all kind of like people who were outside that age range to be the techie bros and like crypto bros and stuff. So but I never like it's unbacked currency. Like I don't get like where the it's it's like the money version of the Firefest. Yeah. Like I, what what is it backed by? Like how is it valuable? Like I understand that it's value is predicated on how people value it. So if people value it, you know, it's like doodles on a page that a painter makes. Like one of the paintings that he used to like warm up his brushes or mm-hmm. like to like get out the color because it was done by him. It's supposed to be some famous work or something like that, but it's really just crap. I, and the, I love not having to hear about this shit. The, and the, it's so nice. I didn't even realize I followed this so little that I did. I heard a couple things about what was the tech bro and he it was in NTX or something. I don't. Oh, uh, oh shit. I think it was FTX. The guy that just got caught. Yes. Fascinating. And this was something that I fell into because the story was more fascinating than Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. But I think it was FTX because they were like a gigantic sponsor in the uh, NBA. I think they bought the naming rights to Miami's arena mm-hmm. to all United or not United Airlines, but yeah, down there. And they were, they had a company that they were basically, it was a, a crypto exchange company mm-hmm. that these people were dumping all this money and all this money in, and it was all safe and everything was going to be okay. In the meantime, the guy that's running that operation is sending all that money out everywhere else into Bitcoin and doing all that kind of stuff. When the market dropped ass backwards out of Bitcoin by like a half or whatever mm-hmm. it did, I think it's even more than that by now. All the money that they had invested in Bitcoin from XTX was just gone. So every time somebody was trying to pull money out, it was a Bernie Madoff thing to the fullest extent in crypto. And... These people were asking for their money back. He had lost all this money in these long-term investments. I don't know if you can do that with Bitcoin, but he had lost so much money in crypto investments that he didn't have any money to pay these people back. So he's like, fuck it. We got to get out of here. And they flew to, I think it was, it wasn't the Caymans. Yeah, the Caymans, something like that. And just tried to hide out like that was going to work. And I think part of his cachet was like he had, parents that had been in the financial industry before so mm-hmm. like he, he came from a, a good family tree he was sort of a reputable guy based on his parents and just completely didn't know how to run a company but he came apart or he came about because he was a crypto bro just like everybody that talks about it would love to be one day to be that kind of a guy mm-hmm. and i think it was like a billion dollars that they got away with a, a ton of money jesus well good fucking riddance yeah as said and i'm Apologies if you lost any money in cryptocurrency. I didn't want that to happen, but... I feel bad for your money. I feel less bad that I don't have to hear about it yes. on, on a daily basis. I, Yeah, dude. Seeing that in like people's profiles online, Crypto Bro and Red Eyes and all that shit. It's like, come on, dude. Let's not do this. I Talk to, talk to me about your religion. Mm-hmm. I would rather know the last time you went to church than the last Bitcoin, than the last what Dogecoin. What do you currently hold against society? <laughs> Let's list those out. See which one of those. Hey, do you want to start saying racist things and we can just go Will ahead and that shut you up if out? you just yeah. get those out? 
All right. King Ralph. Charles. Might as well be King Ralph. No, I think King Ralph could probably do better. Yeah. Could For be. those of you that don't know, King Ralph is a reference to a John Goodman movie, probably released in the 80s, perhaps early 90s, yeah, where somehow an American movie. is the next in line for the uh, the throne of uh, Great Britain. It's that coming to America time, I feel like, is when it, yeah. when it came out. There was a lot Fi- of A lot of fish out of water comedies. <laughs> so King Charles III, the new monarch of Great Britain. After the Queen Mother, Elizabeth uh, II, I think. The maybe. second. Do you know what their last name is? Uh-uh. It is. Oh, Incest? I just. No, I just heard this. Murderers. Uh, what is the royal family's last name? They. I would like to know. Windsor. Huh? Windsor. Oh, is that's it, why I always don't hear, they live like, in Windsor Castle? Yes. Okay. I thought it, they, that sounds like a name that they would have. Sheffield, Windsor. Mm-hmm. You know, well, Kate, like, Kate Middleton's name you know because that one you've heard before, but you don't really But it's like Kate Middleton Windsor, I think, like legally. That's crazy. What it is. I didn't know that. But I I would love for somebody to explain the monarchy to me to be, like before I fell asleep. Like every time I start hearing about it, it's just like a goddamn ambient. I I don't like it. I don't understand it. I don't. I get that these people can be universally loved because they're like a figurehead, but Queen I, Elizabeth was not the nicest lady. No, I always uh, the way I like it described is the way that Ron Swanson describes it. He's like, "Your figureheads are a frail old lady and a tiny baby." <laughs> <laughs> if you ask most people over there, like, "What's the Queen's name?" Wasn't it like Elizabeth? Yeah. What was? Do you name anyone else? Uh, the baby Philip. Princess Die. Yeah, the one that's like fifth in line. Oh well, yeah, and King here's the thing too. King Charles ain't looking too hot since taking the have you seen like his hands? Yeah, his They're all like sausage fingers. fingers. Not comfortable to look at. Who would have thought that basically having free reign and access to anything you ever wanted would lead you into an unhealthy lifestyle? Just to know the shit that goes on. In the whole entire family. And it's just like a pass. I don't know if Princess Di died based upon something that they had to do with it. I do know... We're going to have to cover that. Yeah, I I do know that Chuck went ahead and got a hold of Camilla very soon after that Mm -hmm. while cheating the entire relationship with Diana. And then she just dies in a weird freak car accident. And then uh, Chuck's brother, Andrew... Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and we're There's just gonna, one in every family. We're just going to sweep that shit under what the rug. What a goofball. We haven't decided that maybe this family's just a tad fucked up. And for the most part, they just have inbred beyond this point. Okay. I'm going to run with me on this. Do you think that, you know how like the whole thing with um, Harry and Meghan, right? Uh, yeah, Meghan Markle. Okay, yes. So Harry and Meghan leaving the family, they're, everyone's all pissed off. They cut them off, all that kind of stuff. Do you think this is just kind of like, this kind of seems culty. In a way it is. You have people that still respect this as a form of like, it's a ceremonial position. Parliament has the power. 
Does the monarchy get to make any decisions? Do they get like a final, do they get one yes or no vote just because they're the monarchy? I don't know how it works. I don't think they're involved in politics at all. I feel like it's very much, it is very much a serial position. But they get their wealth and power because through the royal monarchy, they've grabbed so much land and have so many holdings and stuff. So they really do have, I think they're still kind of a monarchy because they have so many hands and so many pies around the country. Just they're in everything because they've been so long standing. Getting away from that. They're on Canadian money. Weird the loony? Like that. I, I don't know which one she's on. I think she's on the 50 or something like that, but just a, a weird, yeah. weird setup. Well, kind of thinking about it, what if like the kids are just kind of getting smarter and they're like, like this isn't, I don't want to live my whole life like this. Like I've already grown up as a kid and been like, literally judged and watched for literally everything I'm doing because, and even with like Harry, he's like, I'm not going to be fucking King. He's like, I don't want to have to just fucking hang around here and do performing ceremonial shit and everything. Yeah. I'm fucking rich, but what's that going to mean if I don't have freedom? So he's like, I'm going to find myself a smoking hot American actress who's going to piss off the family a little bit. Cause you don't like the color of her skin. And Coffee I'm going to colored ladies, not, yeah. And not I'm going to run with that. I'm fucking, I'm out of here. Grandma. I'm tired of you fucking bought you and your fucking corgis. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm going to Hollywood. I hope they're just trash people behind the scenes. Oh, they've got to be. Like they, they have full on screaming matches. They've got to. The got queen, to be. I'd love to be. Yeah, like, in, yeah. can you imagine like the aides or like their assistants in there? Just the stories that they would fucking have. I, these these doors and walls are so old. The sound travels right through them. <laughs> The most respectable thing that I can think of about the Queen was she was a pretty regular gal. She always had a couple drinks with tea time in the middle of the day. Gin. I think she drank gin. Could be. A disgusting drink for a disgusting lady. But it's a... The whole idea... I think we're dealing with the Meghan Markle situation as just like we talked about with Will. I think it's a magical puss situation where she was different. She was exotic by their standards. 110%. Mm -hmm. And I think he got it. I think he realized that it was great. What's always the, you know, in movies or stories and stuff like that, you always have the firstborn of the king who's Mm -hmm. in line to be king. They're always the, I'm going to use, I'm going to bring in your highness here. I know that it's not the greatest movie. It's still hilarious. Cult classic. But it's not a great movie. But you have, uh, is it Fabius? Fabius is um, James Franco's. Mm-hmm. And what is Danny McBride's? Is it that? I can't remember. Okay. So anyway, so you have the firstborn, which is, is it, what's the, it's Charles, Harry, William. So you have William who's next in line after Charles. Prince being the Thaddeus firstborn. is Danny McBride. Thaddeus. Okay. Fabius. Yes. Is okay. James Franco. So basically you have. William, who is Fabius, the James Franco, who's the one that has to kind of like now be in this life as a requirement. And thankfully, Kate knows how to fucking act and everything. But if you're really, if you're Harry and you're like, man, I don't want to just have to hang out here. Like, wouldn't you want, wouldn't that be acceptable? Like in every like story, it's always the prince that has to take care of stuff. And then you have their younger brothers. Mm -hmm. They get to just go out and do whatever they want. Some of them do go and murder and rape and kill a bunch of people, like the Husseins. It'll happen. So yeah. let's let's not count them. But like, it's not foolproof. Yeah, 
But also, like, yeah, let him go fucking live his life. And maybe someone says something that you guys don't like, people with dark skin. People aren't shocked. No. This is the first person you've allowed into the family who's different than you. Yeah, this so is there the might Chipotle be some, mayo in yeah. your mail. There is Chipotle into your mayo, mm-hmm. and not a lot of people like that. Yeah. Not a lot of people like that like that. <laughs> no. I, it's a Yeah, I, I can definitely see it. Plus, I think he ended up serving in the military, too, after his brother did. Harry? Yeah. Yeah, they both did. So I, I think Harry actually did more active duty than William did. Because, really? of course, they're not going to allow William, who's the heir, oh, yeah. to do anything. But I think Harry actually did a couple tours. Of course, it's probably he's on a base and stuff like that. But I think he did more service. That shit hairline. For that, William? That's rough. Harry's still got a full head of hair. Yeah. William's. For now. William, he, uh, yeah, he got it rough. And this he is... got it rough early. And that's as someone saying that <laughs> someone who is currently going through something similar in the early stages. Um, You're not rough. pale, though. Pale makes everything so much worse. They don't tan well. No. That's no, an no, island no. of people. Look at the ones farther north when you get into Ireland, man. Uh, there's sort of a fascinating thing. I think we've talked about it a couple Scotland episodes. is North Ireland over the side. Sorry. Apologies. Yeah, there's a... I think they're all pretty pale. <laughs> I they are. I just don't want to, I don't think Irish people like it or people from Ireland like it when you say that they're attached to, I don't know. It's like eggshell white versus soft white. It's yeah. still white as shit. You like, got to ask the Home Depot person, can, what's the difference? <laughs> can you show me? <laughs> one's Brit or one's Ireland, <laughs> one's Scotland. But they, what is the monarchy? What What is King Charles? What are his duties? Cause it sounds like he's now just gets to, do you, I don't think he lasts long. He's old as shit. He's in it like his 80s. Like I said earlier, he fell into being the king at like the worst possible time because his mom lived so long that he's not going to get a full reign. It was an unfortunate result of living in a time where the queen could probably protect herself against fucking getting poisoned and taken out of the line of secession. Because how often would it be essentially, it had this been a few generations before where the queen was getting a little bit older and that king wanted to fucking step in. Oh no, mom had an accident. Oh, she fell down the stairs. I'm know. the king now? What? But they don't have any power. Like we talked about it. It's just so much. Yeah, but then you're the, you take over all of the holdings. You have I, the most power in the entire family. You're the next, you're essentially the, you know, successor in the trust. The insane amount of money that gets handed out to each one of them, though. I don't quote me on this. I think I heard this sort of recently because it was kind of a big deal about like Megan and Harry stepping out and doing like that Netflix special that mm-hmm. they did and having their show and all that when yeah. they came to America. So they walked away. At, like I say, I'm not positive on this number, but I think this is the number that I heard. They get paid about $15 million a year to be what they are in the in the family. Oh, they don't get that anymore. They got cut off. Yeah, they got cut off. Yeah. But that's what they walked away from. And that's just at a level for a guy that's never going to be king. Once you become that sort of highness, I'll go hang out. Yeah, I'll fucking hang out at home. Never yeah, mind. But it, never it, mind. I'll show I'll show up. What does money mean at that point? Like you're the king of England or you're the whatever prince Charles was. Make him be cool. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know my grandma's fucking racist. She's fucking ancient. Yeah. She's fucking racist, but hey, we don't have to spend much time here. We can spend half the year in fucking Bali. She's like ninety years any, old. Do you know how many? Do you know how many, <laughs> you know how many places we own? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> do you know how many places still have our flag flying over them right now? It's fucking crazy, right? 
Maybe we don't go to Australia. Maybe that's that's a bad place mm-hmm. to go. Pretty much everywhere else with the beach. <laughs> Some people still don't like us. But yeah, King Charles seems like he uh he finally made it. I it's a a fun story that I he's enjoy it while you can, man. Yeah, live that life for as long as you can. I I'm so removed from understanding like coronations and shit like that. I don't know how long it's going to go. I heard it's like 3 or 4 hours and people line up for forever. Would you have a very subtle crown or would you have a big fucking crown? Big. Okay. Everything that I did, I would look like a goddamn pimp up there. Would you do the crown that is just the circle and then has the designs around it? Or would you do the one that then has the thing out of the middle? Jerry like, Lawler crown. I would do you the, would go with Jerry the Lawler. velvet on the inside of it with the jewels and everything encrusted. Wrapped around fur? Yeah. Would you do the yeah. fur oh, around like yeah, Lawler yeah. did it? And probably something very, very rare that you Okay, what is going to be your like royal, what will you adorn yourself with? What's going to be your royal garb? Cape. Going to do a cape. Going to do a giant scepter. Pay me color. Like what do we color? What colors? You gonna go with? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a purple, like a purple velvet Ooh, with like a regal, regal as fuck. I want some Dalmatian on the outside of it, maybe, maybe like an old royal dog that kicked the bucket. I'm like, hey, we can either. You're stuff like, is that him. corgi fur? <laughs> dogs, <laughs> yes. dogs had to go somewhere. <laughs> and a, a scepter. We, oh yeah. Okay. A Do big, you have it? I'm thinking whatever matches my crown. If I go with like a platinum crown, maybe like a full platinum scepter, like four feet, six feet. Something Do you that go I can with be- some type of idol on top in the shape of an animal? Uh, anything like that? Not the Hope Diamond because that one, obviously, I don't think I get my hands on. Oh, you're on. taking something out of like the tre- Royal Treasury yeah, oh vault. Yeah. And, okay. We're, we're using some blood diamond that we mined 60 years ago that's super big on top of that thing. I'm pretty sure like... Isn't the London Bridge where they keep like some of like the big like ass royal jewels and stuff? Um, You're king. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I, that's the whole thing. If I'm going to be given absolute or absolutely zero power, but absolute power to just be an asshole, I'm going to play it up for as long as I can. I think I go robe. I'm thinking like a midnight blue. Ooh. I'm thinking for the like lapels. I'm thinking we go something like a little fur, yeah. a little fur on the lapels, but maybe like a like a dark gray, something that would pop real hard against yeah. the blue. But then I do like the idea of a crown. But I think I'm going to go less Jerry Lawler, and I think I'm going to go like just the metal ring, but with some like shapes and shit on it and everything, kind of like Game of Thrones style. Yeah. Okay. I do like the idea of a scepter as well, but I also like the idea of a sword. And I don't know if you can go sword and scepter. I think it's a bit much. It's a little impractical. So I think I just go with the sword. A sheath and, sword? Oh, yes. With the pommel hanging out. And mm-hmm. that can be kind of like my scepter. Because I always like it in the shows where there's the king that they always have a hand rest. Yeah. They're able able so to rest the, that hand. When they're on, sitting yeah. on the throne, I'd have a big fucking throne. And too. they can almost put their other hand over on the side and, just, and it just looks so cool. What about on the bottoms? Of what? Like we have the, the nice... Gray shirt, what about... Are are you going the big fluffy pants with the long stockings? No, I go just like a simple, like, silk bottom. Oh. Something very comfortable to move around. If I find myself in within my royal duties becoming exhausted, I need to be able to make an easy transition from standing to a reclined position and not lose comfort. So I'm going to be very comfortable. I'm wearing sweatpants lined with, like, sh- fake sheep's fur right now, man. I'm all about... If I'm running a country, let someone say something about my clothes. I'm going to make it weird. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to start depending on where I am, 
probably shorts above the knee and then long socks. And then every five years, I'm going to take an inch off the short length like and an inch off the sock length. So by the time I'm like 90 and my old balls are hanging out the bottom, but everybody has to act like that's not happening because I'm the king. You can't do anything else mm-hmm. about it. So you just have to sit there and take in that terrible visual. Every time I stand up, you're going to think that I'm not Feast wearing upon pants. The ro- <laughs> yeah. Easterize upon the royal nutsack. Every single time. I'm going to make it as weird as possible because it's the most weird position I think that I can think of on the planet. Like, you can grow up in America to think like, hey, I'm going to be president. You can never grow up in England without being inside that family to think, hey, I'm going to be king. My shorts shall represent my reign. And as my years <laughs> grow shorter, so shall my trousers. <laughs> All right. So who's the biggest winner? Uh, I think King Charles should be the biggest winner, but it's just undeniable that you guys, the historically high listeners that sit through just the, the longest, high historians. Yeah. High historians that sit through the longest episodes that we put out and hopefully get some good information from just not only because we hope you get the good information, but we just hope that you enjoy it. Like these, these aren't things that are just cookie cutters that we pick out. These are things that we either want to know more about or, love to talk about and for us to want to transfer those feelings that we have for topics to you guys is hopefully as special as it is to us yeah without getting too uh sentimental uh, sentimental on it um this is still just something that me and adam are doing for fun to have hangout time and i've come to really like just enjoy like being able to have like a project for the week and and do something and really get into this and i like having our conversations but what what I really love and I'm really just kind of at awe. And I know we don't have, you know, a ton of listeners or anything like that, but the simple fact that people will take time out of their, you know, days of driving to work, you can be listening to anything. You can listen to the radio, other podcasts, but you choose to listen to us. And hopefully that, you know, we do a good job of entertaining you, whether by trying to teach you guys something in our own weird roundabout way or just bullshit and feeling like you're sitting in a car if you're commuting by yourself and you got people talking i can't tell you how many times that i listen to a podcast and it's a couple dudes just talking and i feel like i'm part of the conversation or i feel like i'm in the room i may not be able to go ahead and join in the conversation but it's cool to hear when people are talking about things that i might like to talk about and these people that join us and everything you're you're part of the what would it be the the historically high fraternity sorority yeah, uh, the non non assigned housing. Uh, yeah, you're part of the dormitory. You, Ooh, I like that. This is a kind of a a cool situation because there are history podcasts. There's people that lean towards the imbibing and the the herbs that we enjoy. But to kind of mix them together is uh, we. Like I say, we don't do stock topics. There's going to be things that are going to be going on that we're going to try to release episodes around and different things like that, which I'm sure that you guys have picked up on because you're not dumb. But a lot of it is we try to scatter the board. We have personal interests. I love talking murder, different things like that. But history kind of in general. I feel safe just so everyone knows that. (laughs) History in general is something that we just have always kind of clicked and had in common and being able to kind of teach one another, bring something to light for the other one that we, you know, didn't always know much about, but 
were really interested in or found something interesting. We hope that we're kind of touching some things where when you look at the episode that's coming up, you're like, oh, shit, I love that. I can't wait to hear these guys take yeah, on exactly. it. Or I can't wait to learn more about it. It's a a fun sort of the, the game part of it is trying to pick things that we think are interesting and that we love, but something that you want to listen to, something that's worth the hour plus two hours that you're going to listen to us talk about it. And we're going to keep doing stuff as long as you guys are listening. And then honestly, probably too long after people stop <laughs> listening, but again, or we're billionaires either way. Yeah, we it, love it, doing this and we love you guys for listening. Yeah. We're either going to be everywhere or nowhere. So let's try to get us everywhere. All right. So for the finale, because we are a historical podcast in our own special way, the historical moment of 2022 coming up after a bathroom break. All right, while we take a break from class and uh, take care of some business, you can also take care of some business. If you don't follow us on Instagram or Twitter already, our Instagram handle is historically high pod. That's historically high POD. And our Twitter is historically high. That's historically HI. All right. And back to our show. All right. Well, before they start playing the music to start forcing us off stage, which I do actually at the end of every podcast anyway, but historical moment. You guys have been with us. This is part two. It's our last award. Yeah, but probably most important. These are things that I like the fact that these things are kind of serious, but they're fun to talk about. But they are going to be something that I think are going to have an impact over the course of years, years to come. So what did you want to do in third? Are you trying to figure out if that third one happened? I in? thought we talked about, yeah, let's see. So what we're looking into right now is there was a little bit of background on this is that if anyone's familiar with um, the world of golf, the PGA has been the only only game in town for a while. And I think it was might have started in 2001, but 2002 is when this really came came to light. And I always pronounce it live live. It's live. Yep, June sixth, twenty twenty two. Phil Mickelson signs up for Saudi Bet Suite, so we're there. Okay. Now this may seem just kind of on the on the outside. It's like, oh, it's golf. Yeah, it's a sport. What does it impact as far as you know worldwide events, and what does it really matter? It's it's no farther reaching than golf. And from the outside, yeah, it can't look like that. It's not just about the simple fact that you know the PGA has been the only established golf organization, major professional golf organization, for I don't know how many years. Um, here, like Adam was saying in 2021 and then the big push in 2022, uh, company, uh, LIV live golf. I don't know what it stands for, Mm -mm. but basically kind of arose as a rival for the PGA to become another professional golfing organization. And that in itself probably doesn't sound very weird or outside the norm. It happens all the time. NFL, XFL, you know, things try to rise up to challenge something that is obviously making a lot of money. Where this gets a little bit dicey is where the money to start this thing came from and why it is actually kind of like historic, more world-reaching news. Yeah, it it was a situation where, like, way back in the day, you had a struggle for power amongst the major sporting 
leagues you had like the NBA and the ABA, mm-hmm. uh, NFL, USFL, hockey's just always kind of been the NHL. Uh, you had the uh, way way back you had the Negro leagues merging with the Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. uh, but. It was always a rival that was homegrown, and the backing for the Live Tour coming from Saudi Arabia, uh, a country that has a just a, a bad history and a bad present, a bad future, somebody who is run by a crown prince, Mohammed bin Salam, I think his name MBS, probably just going to go MBS because that seems easier, mm-hmm. but it's blood money that started the live tour and the amount of money that they have and that they've thrown at this, because the easiest way to garner looks on your league is to try to bring in the best of that sport. And live had something, had two things actually that the PGA really couldn't handle. And it was the influx of money that they could pay people. And, it was the ability to change the bylaws that the PGA had as far as like dress, um, how long their tournaments are going to mm-hmm. be. Number of uh, holes that they're playing yep. per tournament and just pretty much everything that goes into the running. It's kind of like, you know, Major League Baseball dictating the rules and if there's going to be any changes, banning the shift, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's the governing body. And so when they did that, the amount of money that they were throwing at people trying to pick off big names was just absolutely insane. Billions of dollars. It was rumored that um, Liv offered Tiger Wood, I think it was like a billion dollar contract, something like that, to just instantly make him a billionaire as soon as he signed the contract. And I'm pretty sure they're all fully guaranteed. But thank God Tiger turned that down because that seems like a, a real moral quandary that I'm sure he didn't want to be in. And some of these guys, I really, I don't know. It poses an interesting question, like how much money would be enough money that you'd be okay taking from the Saudi government? Well, here's the thing. I don't even have an issue. My issue with this whole thing is not even that it's, had this been like another rival league that didn't have this public investment fund, which is the most innocuous, like sounding (laughs) fucking like name for the backing of it, which of course was done purposely, but if you had this and it was being opened by anyone else, you'd be like, okay, it's just, you know, they're wanting to get a piece of this and everything. But the big thing is that, you know, where the money is coming from and the reason that we're kind of touching on Phil Mickelson, the partnership and everything is that was kind of, I don't know. I Was that like the big heel turn? Cause didn't he just say something like literally six months before about them killing Jamal Khashoggi and that, you know, that he would never play for them or something to that effect. He actually came out and said something about that. And then literally like months later, he signs this huge contract. Phil's had a very speckled past. He always seems so clean to me. uh, Really? Yeah. Oh man. He, so supposedly, and again, this is just a story, but Phil's a, a pretty avid gambler. Phil, that makes sense. Phil spends a lot of money. He's just a degenerate gambler. And he also got caught up in the UFC or USC um, scholarship scandal mm. about them giving scholarships out for influence. Gotcha. And he admitted to it. He he owned up to it. He's had uh, insider training issues where he was getting some bad intel or getting some good intel 
illegally and buying and selling stocks. He was a part of an investigation for that. I think there's been some real estate issues that weren't exactly great. And Phil just kind of all this stuff just bounces off of him. Like he he has a speckled past. He even changed his look. Did you notice that? He usually went from wearing like white and lighter colors and everything, and now it's literally like it looks like he's gone Hollywood Hogan. Mm-hmm. Like even the beard and everything looks like it's dyed darker. Everything's black now. It's always sunglasses on. The hair's slicked back. Yes, he he it's did. It feels like he just turned into like a fucking eighties movie villain. And I, the, he was a guy that was. They were allowed to wear shorts on the PGA tour for like the first time ever, mm-hmm. and he would go out for his practice rounds, and he would tuck two hundred dollar bills sticking out of his back pocket in these shorts. Man has incredible calves. If there's one great thing I can say about Mickelson, it's the calves. But he would literally go out and practice in front of fans with $100 bills hanging out of his pocket. It's just like, I don't know if it's a fuck you or like I have a lot of money. But supposedly one of the reasons why he signed up with the Live Tour was he owed somebody about $34 million uh, in gambling debts. And I don't know if he didn't have it or he didn't want to pay, didn't want to sell a house. You don't want to dip into the savings. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if maybe he wasn't liquid and maybe he couldn't make that happen without making some different life choices. Selling a couple Buicks. Yeah. And I, just went on tour. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was $36 million. That seems like an egregious amount of money to be in yeah. the hole. But his contract started just a a waterfall effect for other golfers that are on the the top of the game. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll list you off the contracts that they received. And this isn't just prize money. This is what they're paid to come over and just golf for this yeah, league. This is in addition to prize money yes, for winning tournaments. Anything that they are win, they're going to get shorter. Mm-hmm. So two hundred million dollars for Phil Mickelson, one hundred fifty million for Dustin Johnson, one twenty five for Bryson DeChambeau, one hundred million dollars for Brooks Kepka, one hundred million for Cameron Smith. And then they just signed another guy that just won, like the players or something. He's the dude with the mullet, the skinny dude. Uh-huh. I can't remember what they just signed him. It was like, oh, I can't remember what his name was. It's not but, Will Zalatoris, is it? No. Okay. But And that's not a list of all the golfers that are currently playing. But Those are all guys that have been in the top 10 world rankings yes. over their careers. If not number one, I think DJ, I think Dustin Johnson was number one when, when he, he went over. over. So that's a, a, a historic shift in golf power. And you would think at this point they would be set up just for success. But they signed a, a crap deal where a lot of the tournaments that they play are all overseas. Mm-hmm. So the timing on them is going to be completely off unless you're watching at like 4 in the morning when it's actually happening where they are. The sponsorship deals aren't going to be rolling in if, you know people in certain parts of the world where you're going to have a large base, especially where your players are coming from. A lot of American players Mm -hmm. not watching your tournaments. You're not going to be making that ad revenue. Well, and being backed by the Saudi government, there's a lot of sponsorships that won't touch like there's won't touch the tour or the players now. Mm -hmm. And part of the deal was the PGA said, if you jump ship, if you go to live tour, we're going to revoke your membership. Yeah, You're not allowed to play both at the same time. So you can play majors, you can play, I think they said you can play the Masters and all the majors that they happen because that's outside of the PGA's purview, mm. kind of, they, they don't have power over that. But anything on the tour, you're not going to be a part of. And that's where these guys drove all these sponsorship deals and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure the money had to overcompensate for mm. everything that they're losing. But they they haven't produced any sort of like good, fun tournaments to watch. Yeah, I and here's the thing, like how how long is this thing planned out for? 
Because we, we could be looking at one of two things. One, this could be completely irrelevant this time next year. Or this could be the time we discuss it when it really grabs hold. With as much money as the backing of this has, I don't see it going away for a while. And I see it becoming an entertaining type of struggle. At some point, too, you know what you're going to have to do. There's just going to have to be someone putting up a shit ton of money and being like, let's arrange a tournament. The best. You Your know, best against our best. Yep. We'll have a Ryder Cup type. Yeah, exactly. It's, I always get a little concerned because I, I don't think this is, I people think that it can be good for golf because at least there's a little bit of competition mm-hmm. now. But I think it just hurts them because you don't get to see the best of the best playing against each other. Yeah, and exactly. We're not talking it about It lowers guys, the quality of both of them overall. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking about guys that are making minimum wage. We're talking about matters of somebody making $10 million instead of, eight million dollars like it's a it's a wash when it comes to money i i don't blame them i for one feel like somebody if i can maximize my net worth to the maximum i'm probably gonna do it i don't know if there's a number i'd be happy at but at the same time i would also be using that kind of money that kind of fuck you money to try to do good for the world yeah and especially in this situation where when you're dealing with amounts that big there's not a huge difference between them think of where the money's coming from and make a moral decision on it but do what you're going to do, and we'll see how it pans out. And show that competitive spirit that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Stick around to try to play the best of the best. But it's an interesting moment in history uh, as far as sports go. I'm not sure culturally if it really makes that big of a difference, but it's something that I, I thought was pretty historic just thinking about uh, a long, rich history of the PGA and finally trying to get knocked off by a seemingly by people who – have enough money to build land to put houses on. Yeah. It seems like it's going to be an interesting Fuck time. We're not waiting for this island to emerge. (laughs) Yeah, dude. All right. Well, we're going to stay in that general area of the world, kind of. Yeah. I just headed a little bit north. Moving on to jolly old... Jolly old London. Are you from London? Well, this person's maybe not from London, but their job... Was in London for a whopping seven weeks. I had to look it up because I didn't know if this was the shortest reign that a prime minister ever had in England. That wasn't assassinated? Uh, No. No, it was somebody else that stepped down, but I think it was like 12 weeks or something like that was the next closest. So this was the the shortest? Oh, yeah, by okay. far. Yeah, so Liz Truss uh, went ahead and took over. Former for- prime minister Liz <laughs> Truss. Which... She will carry that title for the rest mm-hmm. of her life with no asterisk next to it, regardless if there should be. And she will also receive all the financial benefits of a prime minister for the rest of her life. It has to be, right? Are we? Now that I just said that, we might be talking about one of the smartest people ever. It's a good game she played. If she was playing this game on purpose, Liz Truss, bravo. Yeah, she played everybody. She she was playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers. Well, I mean, and you know, she left. She didn't. She only left like you know, Parliament and the you know British government in disarray for a while. But I mean, if we're really thinking about it, they're going to forget about this in a couple of years. And guess what? She's still going to be getting that sweet government paycheck, and she probably will move out of the country. I think Liz Truss is. I think the historic moment here is in that she lasted seven weeks. I think she played a historic game and walked away winner. She picked her spot perfectly because she walked into a mess. 
they were coming off of Boris Johnson's craziness of trying to figure out Brexit, which finally got pushed through under him. His COVID situation where he was out partying and throwing all these fancy parties and shit like that during COVID lockdowns. So everybody was already Did pissed. Did you see Boris? That. Guy huh? like that loves cocaine. Yeah. He has a little bit of a Rob Ford glow about him where the hair. I was going to say a little bit like, and this means no disrespect, but he, he looks like he's a little farly at times. A little bit. Yeah. The hair is a, a, a big factor. That's, in that. that's what I'm getting the, at. The bigger suits and just always looking like he's strung out. But, he left everybody in disarray when he stepped down. I think everybody kind of knew it was coming because he just didn't have another card to play. But Liz Truss getting elected that quick and walking into shitstorm, and her first thought had to be, "Okay, how well, long can I make this?" Do you know what her position prior to being elected was? Uh, she would have had to have been a head of a party, so she would have had to have been a parliament, I would think. Okay. I'm just wondering if there's like a deputy prime minister. She stepped into that role or something like that. No, I think she won an election. Okay. So, man, seven weeks, it's going to be a rough job. I think it would be kind of nice. I I wouldn't, I, I think after seven weeks, you've probably had your fill. Because being a politician has to be the worst thing. Do you think she looked at Boris and is like, you look fucking rough. <laughs> you didn't look good going in. You yeah. You way worse coming out. I. It's a, a weird position to be in because like we were just talking about with Chuck, um, you're never going to be as loved as the royal family, but you're also the prime minister of a country, so you have to be able to run everything and do everything on a daily basis. You have basis. more power than they do. It, Maybe it, not in a sense of financial power, but you have essentially more governmental authority than anything the monarchy that, does. Yeah, anything good that you do is probably going to be attributed to the monarchy at least 40 to 60%. Do you think seven weeks, you know, pretty short time. If you've ever been hired by a new place, some onboarding stuff is pretty slow. Getting in front of HR, filling out all your benefits, all that kind of stuff. Do you think Liz got about seven weeks in and she was finally getting around to that retirement paperwork? She's like, fuck, I got to get this turned in. She looked down and she was like, this is my retirement package. When is this effective? Whenever you leave office. Effective immediately whenever you leave office. Six weeks, six days. For for real? And this is what you guys are going to pay me for the rest of my life? Oh, yeah. And here's your retirement package. Oh, and there's probably some, like, security that hangs around with you, being a prime minister. Huh. Huh. Well, can you can you call a session of parliament? I have an announcement to make. I'm out. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm out. You think it took her seven weeks to finally get to the alien top secret files, and she read it, and like, nope. Not dealing with this. It gets weirder from here. Mm, no, I'm gonna take my, I'm gonna take my golden parachute and, and bounce. We have three uh, members of the Catholic Church here to speak to you. No, no, thank you. I'm out of here. I'm done with this. Have we ever had anyone in this country in a national office? Because prime minister is basically our equivalent of the president. Mm-hmm. So imagine if we had. I mean, I'd like to see some presidents only last seven weeks, but. Can you imagine if, I mean, I guess like, was she not propped up by her party enough to like have them keep her 
Or was she just like, no, fuck it, sorry guys, I'm out? I think it was solely her choice. I don't think it was any sort of pressure. I know that it probably wasn't going good still because... But seven weeks is such a small sample size. You're not going to... You're just moved in at that point. Well, you're just dealing with fucking shit sandwich after shit sandwich. And if you weren't in a position where you were viewing all that beforehand, you were like, this is not what I thought this was going to be. Not the job I signed up for. I'm not wiping Boris's ass and cleaning up all the shit all over his office. Uh Uh-uh. She just opens. There's cocaine up. everywhere. She opens up the top desk drawer, and there's like a gram just sitting mm-hmm. in a baggie there. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack. Why does he have a mirror in his top drawer? Well, I mean, it's probably not a record that you do want to hold, but because it was the shortest stint for a prime minister of a major country, I think that's pretty historical. Absolutely, it's a uh, England is. We fought a goddamn war against them. I mean, they're a... a, a and then big, we fought a war with them. Then we fought yeah, another with, war with them. Against, with... It, we've had a, a complicated relationship, but kind of the truth is England's a a nice little brother that we have and a, a major world power. And the fact that they're in such disarray that it took this lady seven... It didn't take her seven weeks. It took her seven I'm weeks. I'm not going to lie to you. It's nice to be able to be like, oh, they're fucking up over there. <laughs> I mean, like, oh... Makes you feel better about the shit yeah, story you live in. Like, oh, take some of the spotlight. Yeah. That's off what's all we going on over here. Just if, You've got to see that ticker roll across the bottom of the screen. Prime Minister resigns after seven weeks. You're like, oh, thank God everyone's fucking up too. We're gonna bury some shit underneath this that mm-hmm. people just aren't ever gonna know about, but we're gonna Oh, release. this is gonna be a nice little blanket in the news cycle. Wow. All right, well, I mean, best for last. Uh, and this one came in pretty late, too. We were another, I think, December entry on this. But the year's been interesting as far as Supreme Court decisions go and as far as just the the, the utter disappointment that we've seen in sort of the step back of things that I thought were already pretty decided. Yeah, just just the stripping of civil rights from people. But... We do get to go ahead and end 2022 on a positive as far as like trying to move the ball forward a little bit at a time. And uh, what's what's the technical name for the? Is it the equal like equal opportunity marriage act, or it's, is it something technical? Uh, yeah, I forgot what it was. Basically, I, the gay marriage act was codified. Yeah, I, is it codified or codified? Codified, codified I think. But it's a a nice step forward that I don't think a lot of people in the country really realized was necessary. Same sex marriage bill. Same sex marriage. Okay. But in America, the way that things work and I don't know if it's just basically not taught because it doesn't seem like it would ever need to be taught. But when the Supreme court makes a decision on a case that becomes precedence and sort of the law of the land. But until something is actually codified and by Congress, by Congress. Yes. And made official in such a way it can always be overturned. And unfortunately we saw that with, um, Roe versus Wade Wade being overturned and just an odd thing that I never thought we would ever see happen. So government finally did something for the people that, is a major long overdue. The fact that, like, yeah. when this was made precedent, it wasn't just like, why don't we just like sign this into law? Same thing with Roe v. Wade. Oh, this precedent, okay, just sign it into law. It was just one of those things that, like, 
no one ever messed with for a little while. I mean, you had little attacks at it and everything, but you always just assumed that there wasn't going to be a threat to it. So while it is a historical moment, it's an unfortunate historical moment in the sense that it needed, this needed to happen. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not only did it, but the, here's the other thing too. Not only did it like provide federal protections for same sex couples, interracial couples too. Like we had to have, that wasn't already something that was law. I, I think it was Loving versus Virginia that decided that against the, or with the Supreme court. But it's a situation where you never really – we take a lot of things for granted, and there's a lot of other sex – Just because they're the way that it's always been. Yeah. It, it, there's a negative and a positive to that. There's negatives. Well, we do that this way because it's always been that way. Then there's positives. Like, no, this is like people who have these rights. They may not have always had them, but we've been moving the right direction. So why are you trying to you know, knock us back at this point? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. You uh, until you realize that these things can be taken away, it just seems kind of crazy. I'm, uh, I think I've made it clear I'm not the biggest marriage guy in the world, but it's something that we almost take for granted, being straight folks, that our marriages can never really be challenged. Yeah, I don't. I'm not crazy about you know certain foods, but I don't want other people to not be able to enjoy those foods. Yeah. I, it's so something that I, I don't like a finger in my asshole, but I know other people like a finger in their assholes. So I'm not going to be like no fingers in any assholes. It's not no peg for me. So no peg for thee. It's, it, it just, it, was that it, one of the, was that on the lost <laughs> tablet of the commandments? Was that like That's 11 the 11th or 12? Commandment. Yeah. <laughs> commandments after dark. <laughs> Late night commandments with Moses. It's it's something that I'm glad we finally got addressed. That it, uh, living, not to sound terrible, but living gets hard enough. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, there's enough shit to make life hard enough for anybody. It, just to know that this is taken off the table is like something that could happen to interracial couples or gay couples, lesbian couples, really any couple to know that you have that protection, that something you work so hard to build and hold, maintain, can't just be stripped away from the government. And it's not even, I I don't know, not being in the situation, I don't know really what it would change besides your comfortability with it. But if you're willing to marry somebody, I feel like you're willing to stick it out, whether the government recognizes Mm -hmm. it or not. But why even have to jump that hurdle? Why, Why even have to worry about that? So uh, I feel I like would imagine that if anything, the government would be jumping all over this. I would assume it's a lot easier to file joint taxes than it is single taxes. I'd be wanting everyone to get fucking married. Yeah. I, besides the, the tax break that we give. I Yeah. I, I don't know why it would have to be. It's not a, a governmental issue, really. And I feel like the government shouldn't even really be involved in anything like this. It shouldn't be necessary is basically, yeah. No, yeah, uh, it, it just should be. I'm glad that if it has to be necessary that the, you know, the steps have been taken to protect those. Equally. The, yeah, those rights equally. So. We're, we hit some steps back this year. 2022 has been a little different like the last few of them have been. But for the two steps back that we took. I think we took one step forward and you just got to hope that we can build on it. Hopefully it's, leaning forward enough to keep the momentum going. Yeah. This wasn't a, a deal where it was 
solely one side that got to push through. It was not necessarily bipartisan completely, but there were votes from both sides for this. And even if you're the most jaded person about the government and them not being able to work together, it was nice to see a little bit of reaching across the aisle. for Yeah, a little bit of cooperation just for the betterment of everybody. Yeah. So, hey, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going in 2023. We got good momentum. Andrew Tate's going to jail. Gay marriage is legal. We're good to go. All right, guys. Maybe there's hope for Kim and Pete part two. I don't know. No, I'm looking forward to Pete's next adventure. Oh, yeah. yeah. They need good. to make a cartoon. Like, they have Pete the Cat for kids. <laughs> they need to make just like, oh, they need to make one called Pete the Cat, you know, like a Tomcat, because he's a cool cat. They need to make one adult one named Pete the Cat, just covering all of his awkward sexual escapades with some of the most beautiful women in the world. Just build them up like Cockhorn Leghorn. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for joining us on the best of 2022, and uh, we'll see you in 2023 when you're listening to this. like that. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us for another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe and like button. Follow us. If you didn't like what you heard, still hit that anyway, because we'll probably cover something in the future that you do like. Um, Please follow us on our social media. Adam, hit him with it. Uh, our Instagram is historically high pod, historically high pod, and we are on Twitter at historically high. That's historically hi. All right, and if you guys want to send in any feedback, suggestions, hit us up on those two, or you can even do it on Gmail. It's historically high podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again. Peace. <laughs>